Welcome to Eagle Nation. Since the grand final, it's been a somewhat busy off-season so far. We've had new senior coaches named. We've had a merry-go-round of assistant coaches. We've probably had the least eventful trade period in years, and there have been a lot of delistings. But before we jump into that, I welcome Dan tonight. How are you going, Dan? Good, mate. Good. It's good to be back and uh, doing a podcast. Um, love just talking footy, so yeah, I'm really excited. We've got a little bit to talk about today. Yeah, it's been a few weeks. Uh, Wayne can't get here because of prior commitment, so hopefully he'll be on the next one. Uh, well, let's jump into it. Um, there's a lot that's happened since the grand final, and it's gone pretty quick. Uh, Clarko, he's the first one. Everyone chased him for a coach, but now he's in the US of A, and he's looking like he could be the first coach of Tasmania. What do you think about that? Oh, I think it's great. You know, let him build a side around it. Um and players tend to be attracted to Clarko. You know, he's got that reputation as a great coach. And, um, yeah, and I think he wants that challenge to go and build a side. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's like Tassie doesn't get the side, but then it's Gold Coast, you know. he. I think he wants that challenge. And yeah. I think it, it. it's almost like there's no pressure on it because no one expects much out of a starting club. No one expected much out of Suns and no one expected much out of GWS. It's just build the side. So in that way, there's that little bit of pressure off. And I always remember when Kevin Sheedy was in charge of GWS and what he did is he used to go in the change rooms and count the quarters one. So he would have on the board, you know, you won the third quarter. Well done, boys. You know, you won the third quarter. So he didn't focus on wins because he knew they would have bad losses. Yeah. But what he did focus on was just winning quarters and he would get the boys up on that and, um, you know, uplift them. So it, it is that kind of scenario. So I reckon Clarkson just will be a great fit for Tasmania or Gold Coast if Stuart Jew doesn't perform this year well, or I, next year, sorry. I reckon he's involved himself in the Tasmania because he's like a little uh, – Gary Lyon calls him like a rot wheeler. He won't let up and he'll push it and push it and push it. And he's a guy that you, – you need that one person that's going to push it. Kevin Sheedy did it with GWS, as you said. He had the right – he had the right idea – he got the club grounded before they had success. And I think, as you said, Clark, I'll probably do the same. We've got two new coaches. Um, McRae, um, he's had a good uh, history at the lower levels with Richmond and other clubs. And he has worked at Collingwood before. So he's a new coach at Collingwood. And Michael Voss gets a second go at Carlton. So it was probably a no-brainer once Ross Lyon was rolled. Uh, ruled out of it. So uh, what's your views on those two uh, positions there, Dan? Uh, McRae's an unknown, but a very highly regarded assistant coach. He's been around a bit and everyone speaks so highly of him. So that would be an interesting one. And I think Coll Collingwood was at the stage where they need to rebuild. So it would be good to have a, a new coach and a breath of fresh air in the club. You know what I mean? It uplifts them. Voss, I just think... As far as I'm concerned, I think they dropped the ball with Ross Lyon. Like him or hate him, you cannot deny Ross Lyon is the greatest coach. I'll put him behind Clarko, and that's about it. This guy got clubs into grand finals every, like, so many years. Like, he, he's played in, what, four grand finals? He got his team to four grand finals? Yeah. Um, he and obviously didn't one. win, but he got him there. Once you get your team to a grand final, though, the onus is on the team to perform. Yep. You know what I mean? There's not much you can do on well, game Matthews day is, to win that. Lee Matthews has backed that up. He goes, once you're in the grand final, you, you've done your role. You've got them there. 
you've done you can yeah. prepare them during the week you but once they go on that ground you can do your minor tweaks but it's all up to the players and like you said he four grand finals bar the the replay they're all within a goal uh the geelong yeah. one is a goal before the siren went and then uh who was it rook uh or whatever kicked a goal after the siren um bounce of the ball in the first one uh of the saints you know um Fremantle, bad kicking cost him a grand final so yeah oh, and it's no surprise that he is one of the coaches that are joining the merry-go-round it's rumored that he might be at geelong as an assistant coach. well yeah more an assistant role but yeah i just as i said like nothing against boss but i did feel that they dropped the ball it should have been a no-brainer they couldn't get clarko lying gets the job and I think it was a bit of blab bud there because I think they basically said that to him. They basically said, if you want it, it's your job. So they got him interested in coaching again. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, and then they've turned around and gone, oh, actually, you don't have the job. You're going to have to go through the process like everyone else. They buckled to media and pressure. It, yeah, that's exactly what it was. And um, I just feel he would have been the perfect coach for that team because it's a somewhat established team already. It's just underperforming. But even with the trade period, and we'll talk about the trade period a bit more in depth, but Voss was known at Lions and it failed to bring up players. You know, he got Staker from Eagles, you know. He got, yeah. uh, I forgot his name, but the defender from Sydney. He got, which is famously for Vola up there. You know, he's like, let's just bring up all these players and let's just trade in players. And that's what Carlton have been doing and it's not working. They're overplaying so many players. And I just feel like, he came in, he should have stopped that. He they should have kept pick six. You know what I mean? This draft is so good. But they wanted the trading chair. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which they're going he's a great they're, player. They're yeah, he's a great that. player, but I just feel that like immediate he should have success. just kept going. Yeah, that's it. And I feel like he should have come in the club and said, No, nah, we're keeping draft picks. Um, we need to build you underneath because we've got a good bracket of the middle aged players now. Um, but they, it just come in and almost followed the same formula. You know what I mean? Giving up pick six, mate, you could get a good player with pick six in this draft. Like oh, this yeah. draft is going to be unbelievable. Well, we'll get on the draft a bit later, and I'll probably agree with you there. Maybe he gets more of a chance next year to put his stamp on it. We'll talk about the coach in um, the trade bit in a second. Uh, we briefly touched in the last podcast that we got Matthew Knights and um, Jared Schofield. And the worst kept secret was Jamie Graham was going and he's now at Frio. So we wish him all the best down there in the purple. Hopefully not too good a success, but, you know, he needs to spread his wings. Been at Eagles for a while. Yeah. But here's a stat for you before we get into the trade and the listings. And I think you brought this up a couple of podcasts ago. This season, 2021 was the lowest goal scoring in 50 years at an average of yeah. 71 points a game. Are you surprised by that? Uh, not really, but what it brings up is the standing on the mark rule just didn't work. You know what I mean? Like they yep. said it was to improve the scoring in that. So as far as I'm saying, they got to look at that and say, right, didn't work, let's scrap it. I, I think they got to be tighter, which we've talked about this as well with the man on the mark rule. Like don't let them cut angles and stuff. Um, but they can't just be statues. No. You know what I mean? And it, it didn't have the effect, so it's just a random rule that just... It reminds me of hands in the back rule. 
You know what I mean? They end up scrapping that after the time. As long as there's no momentum, it doesn't matter if the player's touching his like, hand in the back. And they got rid of that rule because it just didn't serve a purpose. I can't, I can't remember which media personality it was. I think it might have been Damien Barrett. At the start of the year, he said, look, this down rule for the first seven rounds will be really good. You'll be free-flowing football. And after seven rounds, the coaches will work away, work their way around it. And that's exactly what happened because the first seven rounds was the highest scoring in a year. And after that, the coaches just knock, knock, in comes the fence, bang. So you can in, implement as many rules as you can. Coaches are going to work their way around it. Um, yeah. To me personally, I never liked it. I don't like the look of it. I think it's shit look uh, where the person on the mark sort of stand. And after talking to some players, they still don't like it. They're hoping that it gets um, thrown away. But because Brad Scott was part of the decision-making under hocking, I don't think it will be going next year. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was the only stat I had. You did have a few more stats to throw at you. But uh, that was the only one I thought, and I, you already knew it. So let's get into what happened yesterday, mate. Um, Jared Brander was delisted by the Eagles. He was initially floated as a trade two weeks before the trade period by Trevor Nisbet. Now, that's someone I've never seen the Eagles do before in a long, long time, especially for somebody at Nisbet's level. Um, and then his management team, if you listen to them during the trade period, I don't think they tried too hard to actually get a trade for him. They had it in their mind that he wasn't going to get the position he wanted at the Eagles. They reckon he, he can get um, another place at another team. I'm hoping that Jared Brander gets another place, but I think this might come back and bite the management team on the arse um, because you only got to look at Luke Partington a few years ago. Exactly the same thing. Got the advice. No, you can get more game plan at another team. Never got picked up. So what do you reckon with Brander, mate? What's your view on the whole lot? Well, first of all, I think you will end up at another club. I just think you this was so messy. And so, yeah, it was just so poorly handled. If there's a trade period coming up and you're looking to trade a player, don't have the message out there that Eagles might not give him a contract, that he might be basically, yeah, you know, that's... cut from the squad anyway. Yeah. Because you lose any um, collateral, not collateral, like yeah, any power in the value. bargaining. You lose yeah. your bargaining chips. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Because the teams that are interested in him now kind of interviewed him during trade period. And then you've got, the management going on trade radio and making comments like, oh, if hopefully the Eagles do the right thing and let him go to another club, you know, what, what does that mean? Like you're already saying like you want to walk him as a delisted free agent. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's exactly yeah. what they were targeting. Um, they thought we're not going to get much for a trade. So we'll just go down that path. Um, but as a, a whole, we're copying it a lot on social media about Brander um, and he was like, oh, they handled this poorly. He didn't get enough chances, but, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm a big fan of Brand, But I feel in these scenarios, a lot of it should come back actually on the player. Yep. You know what I mean? And I'm a fan of Brand, But at the end of the day, he didn't perform at an elite level, obviously. Um, he wasn't impacting even at Waffle level more than Waterman. You know yep. what I mean? He wasn't coming in and impacting as well as Oscar Allen. And they're the two for two tall forwards that he's obviously competing with. So they wanted to give him a spot, but he didn't perform well at the second half of the year. 
So Eagles picked him because, let's be honest, he had the skill sets. He can kick. He's an elite mark. He can go back. He can go forwards. He's amazingly quick. So why wouldn't you pick that player? You know what I mean? The the onus is now on, like, he didn't perform. It's almost like a Jack Watts scenario. Not as bad because it was a pick one. Yeah. But it's like, well, they had the attributes. They had the uh, ability to be good forwards. But... It just didn't click, you know what I mean? Um, and it's very similar because Watts ended up at Port. So Melbourne didn't end up keeping him and we didn't end up keeping Brander, you know what I mean? So sadly, these things do happen. Um, right, well, you, you just touched on it. If he wasn't pick 13, Eagles fans wouldn't be cracking a shit about it. Because he was yeah. a first-round draft pick. Well, how come this guy's not going to go? And they're going, oh, you know, the club's uh, negligent in this and that. Well, no, it, 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 end of the day, it comes down to the player. His first half of the season was brilliant. It, it was good. He, he was putting himself out there, and his preseason was good. But when he come up back from an injury, and I, you would remember this, I said he looked at the ground. Sometimes he looked laconic, that he, he, he didn't want to be there. And to me, that come out in his body language at waffle level. Like you said, if you want to play a, a, a tour four key, key forward role, Impose yourself at wobble level. And when he was playing in those roles, which sometimes he was playing more in midfield, he still wasn't imposing himself. So I put it down to, I reckon it's bad management for one, letting it get that public. Um, bad handling from Eagles putting it out too early. But, you know, we all knew that he was going to be tradable. He should have gone last year, really. The Eagles should have yep. packaged him up in a trade. And this is where it comes to, and I don't want to criticise Ryan O'Brien, but Ryan O'Brien's a head recruiter, but now he's doing a list manager role because Darren Glass quit mid-year, so they can't pay another list manager until next year because of a soft cap. I still find it weird that they couldn't find money somewhere, you know, under the tape. I don't know. People say they don't do it, but they do. And then Craig Vozzo goes on extended leave at the most important two weeks of the um football calendar off-season-wise. Um, I just find it really weird that it all transpired. And I reckon if the Eagles looked back at it over the next week, they probably would have handled it a lot better. Um, but being on the outside, don't know all the facts. And you can go from what you hear third-hand. And, um, yeah, it's going to be weird. Look, I hope he gets another role, role somewhere else in another club. But if he doesn't, the Eagles will be sitting back and saying, well, we made the right decision and people are going to have to... Uh, Respect that, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. It's just, it's one of those things like the scenario in your head sounds bad, you know, but realistically, he wasn't in our best 22. Um, I wish, and as I said, I I, I got the record, I was actually a fan of Brandon. I I, I saw glimpses of things thinking this play is going to be great. Um, So I'm sad to see him go. But as I said, he's behind Oscar Allen and he's behind Waterman. And and they're two young forwards. And uh, well, yeah, as a ruckman, yeah. Um, but the we thing is, too, um, in we might even get a young forward, um, and we'll talk about the draft soon because I'm very excited about the draft. But uh, Regan uh, is a forward too. He's an academy player for us, so he won't cost us much. So there's another forward that will come in. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't think we'll actually feel the band a loss. No, I don't. And think that's so that's the only positive from the scenario is. We haven't had this. We, Bryce hasn't walked out. 
you know, it's not a player yeah. that's going to leave a massive hole, you know. Um, yeah. And as I said, we it's have potential. a young forward in our academy, so it's, we, we should do well still. So, Well, uh, before we get on the trade quickly, I've always said if you're been on the list four years and you're not getting a game, as a player, you should be doing yourself a favour by looking elsewhere. If you're not getting yeah. a regular game by the end of four years, you got to look elsewhere unless you know there's going to be a change in the whole team personnel, which we didn't. All right, let's get on to the trade. We, we didn't. We weren't really big players in it, um, so there was no surprises. No big names really went in it. Chera was probably the biggest profile name that traded clubs player-wise. But the Eagles, you know, I don't think that we're going to be playing any part in it until – Sam Petreski Seaton put his hand up saying he wanted to come to the Eagles. So as clubs do, if the player wants to come, they've got to look at the best way to bring it in. And um, we gave up pick 32, which is a, a third round, late third round pick. So for a player that was taken at pick six, five years ago of 94 games and was played out of positions in the last two years, it's a pretty good pickup for the Eagles. Um, but that's not saying... Yeah, just be... quickly, it was 52. Yeah, pick, yeah, pick, pick 52. 52. Yeah. So um, he's not going to be a walk-up start at the Eagles by any uh, stretch of the imagination. He's going to have to work hard for that spot. But yeah. um, It's if very... You, you, Sorry, you, go, wasn't If you compare that to Zach Langdon the year before, very similar, you're laughing at the calibre of uh, Sam Petreski-Seaton to be taken at 52. Especially when oh, Frio, give up, Frio give up pick 27 for a player that's played half those games and on potential, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, see, it's it's a steal. Pick 52 for Seaton. He, this kid has so much talent. I hope he makes it, you know what I mean? Because he has so much talent, this guy. Um, and he's a great age. What is he, 24, 25? He's no, not he's that old, you know what I mean? 23 next year. 23, so that's what I'm saying. He's so young. Yeah. So midfield is their prime. He's usually 24, 25, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and as you touched on, he was a number six pick. So a top 10 pick, you know, we got for a steal. And I love the fact we weren't act that that was a steal. That was great. But you and I differ on this because I'm, I'm so glad because uh, I'm so excited for this draft. I didn't and I knew we didn't really have strong enough picks to say move up and give lots to Bulldogs because we yeah. just didn't have them. Other teams had better picks. So they were able to offer more than for points to Collingwood and to um, Western Bulls. So I'm glad we held. We got now got two second-round picks and a first-round pick. Um, and the first-round pick's 10, but will be pushed out to 12 because there's a couple of father-sons that will get picked in the top 10. And I just think we've got such a strong draft hand to go into this draft. Um, so I'm very excited. Sometimes it's better to do nothing in a trade period than do something. Yeah, and Yep. People don't like hearing that because they want to see great trades and all this stuff. But sometimes the best thing to do is nothing at all. Yeah, and I got We've got Seaton for a steal. Yeah, you do. It, but it oh. does. The romance of it, like, and it was a boring trade period. It was the most boring trade period I can remember in a long time. I reckon, um, and this is me being personal, uh, honest, I reckon if uh, the, the name Sam Powell Pepper hadn't been brought up, I wouldn't have given a shit about the trade. But because his name got brought up, I went, you beauty, let's see what we can do. And that's where I got into it because I'm a fan of his. But I know his disposal lets him down. Uh, 
he's got a lot of work to work on, but I would have loved that inside ball added with Yo, and that's when I got sort of sucked into the trade period. But after speaking to you and when we had little talks offline and all that, you were right on the money and it played out that way. Um, and like I said, you can probably do more by doing less in the trade. We kept our picks. We've got eight spots left on our list. We've delisted nine people, but Sam Petreski seaton comes in. So we've got four main lists. So we could probably take four in the main draft, but the chances are we might only take three and keep one spot left over for preseason. Um, and we've got three or four spots in the rookie draft that we can pick, but one of them has to be a Category B rookie if we want to field that full eight. We went with seven last year. So it's going to be interesting. Um, draft, you know, draft night. At the moment, we've got, where was it? Um, picks 10, 29, 36, and 68 that we will probably use. They're the live ones. And did we go through what players quickly that you would want to see on each pick or what? Um, yeah, just in general. Um, let's go. I, I, yeah. I, I'd love to talk about that because I'm so excited for this draft, honestly. So we we'll probably won't bore you too much with it, guys, because we'll do another podcast earlier, closer to the draft. But for pick 10 to me, I, I've knocked it down to I've knocked it down to four players for me um, because I'm going on the um, idea that Freeman are going to pick Neil Erasmus with one of their picks. So I've got Matt Johnson, who's a mid for Subiaco, Matthew Roberts from South Adelaide, Tyler Sonsay from uh, Victoria. He's a like inside mid that loves kicking goals. And Josh Ward, I think Josh Ward might go earlier. If not, he's another Bond and Pally sort of clone. So they're the four main players I'd be looking at. Pick 10, is there anyone that you'd like to chuck in there? I know you're a big fan of a Ruckman. Yeah, it's a funny thing because as far as I'm concerned, we should target midfielders. But there's this Ruckman, Mac Andrews, that will probably go uh, before our first pick. But if he doesn't, I think we need to pick him based on talent. Yeah. This guy will be a perfect uh, replacement for Nick Natanui. And we're all so like bedazzled by Nick Natanui because he's all-Australian uh, all the last two years. He's best and fairest the last two years. But he is 31 years old. So a lot of talks around Hearn and JK not going on. The time will come for Nick Nat sadly soon. So if Mac Andrews is available at that pick, even though I want to pick midfielders, I think we'll be forced to pick him. I think you cannot let a talent like that go. Uh, he'll have one, two years under Nick Natanui developing his craft, and then he just comes straight in after that as the number one ruckman. Kind of like uh, what Melbourne's doing with Jackson and Gorn, you know, and yeah. it's working. Um, and um, look when, Gorn, when Gorn retires, they're not going to feel that much because they've already got their second ruckman set up, yeah. and that's what I want. Apart from that, I'd have then Erasmus and Johnson, but one of them is definitely going to Freer. I think it yeah. probably will be Erasmus, but I'd love to have one of those uh, midfielders. Um, but and if, then to we say if it is yeah, if it is Johnson, we'll take Erasmus because Erasmus was yeah. supposed to be uh, an NGA pick for the Eagles, but we wouldn't have been yeah. able to bid on him anyway because he's in the top twenty. Same as Mac Andrew, he's a NGA pick for Demons, and they can't pick on him. They can't bid yeah. on him, so. Yeah, that's it. So he'll, um, but apart from that, uh, that's why I'm so happy we got two second rounds because I'm hoping. Uh, what, what would you say, the wingman, Matty Roberts? Is that his name? 
Yeah, Matt, Matt Roberts, he's a pure wingman. Um, yeah. that, he's played, in saying that, he was wing in South Adelaide's league team when he was playing yeah. uh, Sadan and on. He's played as a midfielder. Um, so, you look, I know they've been talking to him and O'Brien's been in South Australia for five weeks. So someone's telling me they might be leaning that way. But there was another kid they were interested in and no one can really gauge if this player's going to go pick five or pick 11 or pick 10, yes. and that's Ben Hobbs. So I know the Eagles were into him earlier oh, in mate. the year. Now, if it just say he slides through, disregard anything I said, you pick him. Yeah. No, I would I'll agree with that. You have a look it's at his highlight package. He's not a WA boy like it's, Johnson Erasmus. It's unbelievable. But, but, yeah. He's a Mac Andrews, isn't he, really? He's one of those players that, like, he will be gone. But if he does slip through... You pick him. He's 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 picked, yeah. and I'm hoping that happens this year. I'm I'm hoping like say Maddie Roberts doesn't get picked first round, and we can sneakily get him with our pick twenty nine. You know what I mean? Like I'm hoping well, we get something like that, like a good story. And um, there's going to be a lot of also, WA players this year, and pick yeah, twenty nine. Yeah. We'll we'll move on to pick twenty nine because we're running out of time. Pick twenty nine. I've got three players down that any of these three. That they might they might slip through to pick thirty six as well. So I'll, I'll say pick twenty nine and thirty six, and these are five players. They're all WA kids, and I take any two of these: Josh Brown from East Fremantle, Angus Shoudrick. Now he's a little gun man. He's a he's a he's a little bull. He's little, but he's eighty four kilos. He's he's a bull. He's best in the grand final for Claremont. Um, Corey Warner, but it looks like Sydney Swans are going to try and pick him with their second pick, which is nineteen or something. Because um, his brother's there, Rhett Bazo, he's a halfback, fullback, so he's like a more long-term uh, development player to replace Governor or Kay Didmar from East Perth on a wing. So they're the players mm-hmm. I'd be looking at. So there's quite a lot of players there you can raffle in those two picks there. Um, you got to look at the Tigers; they've got four picks in a row before us, so they might take a couple of those. On them, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it that, but that's why I'm excited because you, you those plays you touched on, let's hope any of them slide that they, they're all good. Bazo is an elite backman, he is yeah. this year, he's developed so much. Um, so hopefully, we can get him say with a pick 35. Because forget what I said about Mac Andrews, pick one. That's 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 just a dream scenario. Yeah. I don't think that'll happen. So, go. so, as far as I'd like to go, two pure. Midfielders in the first two picks. Yeah. Um, Maddie Roberts, I hope we get there in the second because I've always said we need another wingman, like a pure wingman. Because you see what Gaff does as a pure wingman, it's great. But we don't have a second one. And well, that's why. I'd, have that's why I'd go Kay Dittmar. If you did, if you miss out Maddie Roberts, you go Kay Dittmar because yeah. he he played on the wing for under 19s in WA and he actually played on Maddie Roberts in the last game and yeah. slaughtered him. Yeah, so um, there's so much good WA talent. Yeah, That's what's good. really exciting. Like, I keep raving about the talent in the draft, but it's a WA talent as well. Uh, That's what I love. There's so much talent in WA because they've been able to apply their craft because COVID hasn't affected us as much over here. So they've developed their games. Players like Regan, who's an academy pick, wasn't that great 12 months ago. You know what I mean? Nah. Oh, he was okay, but he's just come along so much. He's kicking and setting up for goals. Brilliant. Um, Bazo's another one you know, that we talked about the backman. He really developed his game this year, um, which is great. But further down, that's where I want to get Regan as academy. Pick 68, 
around there. But one I want to get to, um, perfect scenario, you'd want him on the rookie list, but I think you might have to draft him with our late pick, so he's not gone. Is that mature age player, Clark from Subiaco. Yeah, Greg Clark, I got him down. On the grand final. Yep. So with our late pick, I really would want, want him. Add that depth. It'll be great to just strengthen the 24-25 age bracket in our team. Yeah. Because I don't foresee a massive drop-off. I don't see what's going like. A lot's been talked about our age, but we're not Geelong. You know what I mean? Geelong's older than us, and they will drop massively. Yeah, that's no, cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, I quickly want to go before we, because we don't finish up, because we're doing this by Zoom and it times us out, man. Yeah. Uh, you said Ethan Regan, Greg Clark. Yeah, Greg Clark would be great. I, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd even use pick 36 on him if I had to, because um, everyone knows who they're going to be picking. Um, we'd sort WA boys. It could be uh, they supply a third of the draft this year, because it's looking like 18 players that could go from WA. Um, some yeah. other guys, Richard Farmer as a um, NGA pick and Arthur Jones wasn't an NGA pick. He should have been. He, there's another guy that you could probably add to your rookie. You probably don't need Arthur Jones because we've got a few of that type players. Uh, Brent Ho from Peel and another guy that plays on a wing, Max Chipper from Swan Districts. So he's yeah. coming up late. So look out for those names. Before we finish, Dan, we're just going to go over who's um, – there's only two players on the list that haven't signed and that is um, – Josh Kennedy and uh, Shannon Hearn. Um, everyone else has signed. Um, I had a list down here, but I can't find who it was. Um, I think it was uh, who was the last one to sign. Luke Foley and Xavier Neal, two-year extensions. Uh, Jermaine Rotham Jones. was late, I think. Pardon? Rotham was one of the latest. Yeah, Rotham, he's done a three-year deal. Duggan's done a three-year deal. Redden's got one year. And Connor Wesley got the two years as well. And, yeah, uh, Jared Cameron, unfortunately, stepped away. He's going to play for Swan Districts. Um, and Rioli's our number one draft pick, so that's why I Yeah, it'd be great to see him come back. Keep yeah. forgetting about that. Um, look, uh, we're just going to cut it short here. Um, we'll try to do another show before the draft. Um, if you want to hear more of Dan and some of his off-season things, get uh, each Sunday – he joins up with Tom from West Coast Fan TV on Facebook. So join that in there. Send him in the questions. Send in some curly ones. And we will probably be looking at something similar to do on the Eagle Nation uh, Facebook page and uh, other social media pages in the near future as well. It might be just after the draft or the day of the draft. So that's all That's all live on um, social media. So join us in next time. And until then, it's Go Eagles. No way,